Hey everyone, welcome to this week's sermon podcast of Living Word Pretoria East. Here you can listen to our latest weekly sermons for your spiritual growth. We believe that this message will really bless you. Come on guys, are you excited to be in church? What a wonderful privilege just to worship our King of Kings, amen. The word says, for a spirit of heaviness, put on a garment of praise. Do you feel lighter? Raise your hand if you don't feel lighter, then we're going to worship again. I want to just, before I start with the sermon this morning, I just want to, first of all, just give honor to the leaders of this house, Pastor Natasha and Pastor Bulmar, in his absence. He's preaching at another church this morning. So, uh, Please listen when I'm preaching this morning, but also when you get a chance, intercede and pray for him. It's such a privilege just to see God move, and, and just it's, it's an honor and a privilege just to serve under him. So we just want to honor you guys and say thank you so much. We're excited for what the Lord is busy doing. And uh, amen. Can you raise your hand? Do you have just a stirring in your spirit? Are you excited? Come on, guys. Expectation is what energizes us to pursue what is uncommon expectation nothing else you have to have an expectation and this is the beautiful thing about expectation you cannot hide it amen where's the ladies you expecting (laughs) you cannot hide expectation so if you've got an expectation people should be able to see it amen if there's an expectation in your heart by the way you talk by the way you move people supposed to see you're expecting something. And I'm expecting a move of God, amen. We're living in a time where we need God and we need His presence. We need His Holy Spirit. So I want you just on that note, you just open your hearts and just be expectant of what the Holy Spirit wants to share this morning. Amen. Can I say that again? Let me help you guys. You look quiet this morning. Sit a bit forward. Lean in. Lean forward. Come on. When you go to a church, this is the mistake we make. We expect the preacher to project something onto us, amen? So you want me to stand here for 35 minutes and just preach my heart out? It's not how it works, guys, because I'm not here for you, amen? I'm here for the Lord. So what you're going to do is this, because you're also not here for me, amen? You're here for the Lord. So I need you to sit forward and have expectation and just lean in and hear what the Holy Spirit wants to say to you this morning. Because for every one of us, there's a message in your own personal capacity. And the Holy Spirit will speak to you. And I was meant to preach on the book of Nehemiah and Esther. And I was praying this morning. And the Holy Spirit led me to the book of Samuel and the book of John. So we might maybe do a combination between... No, I'm kidding. We're going to stick with Samuel this morning. Amen. So I just want to start with a scripture. 1 Corinthians 10 verse 11. If you can read that with me. I'm just going to share this. I don't know why, but I'm going to share this. There's a specific reason why I gave honor this morning to Pastor Volman and Pastor Natasha, because I want to teach you a secret, a principle, and you've heard this before. The word says in Exodus, honor your mother and your father so that the land that you live in may be extended. Honor holds the ability to keep you out of the realm of death. If certain things are dead in your life, You have to go back and say, Lord, where have I not honored? Why did you hear my heart in this this morning? 
I don't say we have to always agree, but there's a place of honor. There's a place of honor. Amen? Amen. That was just, that was for free. That was just in there. Okay, amen. 1 Corinthians 10, 11, it says the following. It says, now these things happened to them as an example, but they were written down for our instruction on whom the end of the ages has come. I want to share this with you quickly because it's important that when we look at the Old Testament, when we look at the, at the kingdom literature, the book of Kings, the book of Samuel, the book of, when we look at history books and kingdom literature, Paul is saying this, that when we look at these narratives, these historical narratives, we have to look for two things. But they were written down for our instruction, amen, on whom the end of the ages has come. So we see examples and we see instructions. So you don't just read the book of Kings like it's a story, amen. When you read it, there's a devotional application to the book. God wants to teach us certain things by examples, by certain instructions. Amen? So when you look at the Old Testament, we look at it through the cross. Amen? But this scripture in Corinthians is where Paul says this is why there is a certain historical narrative and application that we have a responsibility to apply in our lives today. And when I was praying this morning... I was just, in the book of 1 Samuel 9 and, and, and 16 onwards, I was just starting to, I just, I just read the story and, and it's about the kings. I'm just going to give you some background quickly before we jump into, into the actual context and scripture for today. But we see the story of a king. His name was King Saul. <laughs> and he was anointed. And the word says that the Spirit of the Lord came upon him. And then for some reason, his whole life just came tumbling down. <laughs> Have you read that story? And it started stirring my heart. I said, Lord, but why did we raise up kings? Why do we have kings that are anointed? Your word says that the Spirit of the Lord came upon them. And then for some reason, the kingdoms just come down. We see David. Amen. A king after God's own heart anointed and there's a key word that we're missing and this is the scripture that I'm going to go to first and it's the book of John 14 this is the upper room discourse where, where Jesus is talking about how the Holy Spirit will come and one of the apostles asks a question this is what he's asking John 14, 22 and 23 and Judas said to him Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? And Jesus answered him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and he will come to him and make our home with him. If anyone loves me, he will keep my word. In other words, he will obey my word. He will obey my word. And the key, the key word here in, in, in new birth is the word belief. This is the word used in the Bible, the word belief. But the key word in the fullness of the Holy Spirit, which Jesus is explaining here, is the word obey. So there's a belief, and then there's an obey. We're all saved, amen? Can you raise your hand if you're not saved? Are we all saved, which means we all believe, Amen. We're all anointed. Amen. Come on, you're going to preach with me this morning. We're all called. 
according to his purposes. But there was this key factor in Saul's life which caused everything to tumble down. And that was the word disobedience. See, Paul was, uh, Paul, Paul was also anointed, amen. Saul was anointed and the Spirit of the Lord was upon him, but he was disobedient. He was disobedient and we had certain consequences. I want to just say this this morning, that the key of the full blessing of the Holy Spirit upon our lives lies in our ability to be obedient to the voice and the word of God. Can I say that again? See, you start to understand obedience when you have little children. And often the times when I, can I use the word fight in church, amen? Often the times when I fight with him, I just see this picture of the Lord looking at me and saying, man, I'm just, my hand is in my heart, and it's like, guys, you don't need me. And I just say, it's like, you don't need me. It's that same picture. We've got such a desire to, to want them to be obedient because we know what the fruits of obedience is, amen? We know where they're going, and in that same way, the Holy Spirit and God wants us to be obedient to the Word of God because He knows the plans that He has for us. But we have a choice, just like Saul had a choice, and just like David had a choice, and just like Solomon had a choice, and Samuel had a choice. We've got a choice today, and we can choose to be obedient to the Word of God. Anointed obedience, amen. And this is what the Word says in 2 Samuel 7, verse 1 to 9. This is going to be our key context this morning, and I'm going to read it to you quickly. 2 Samuel 7, it says, Now when the king lived in his house, the Lord had given him rest. This is King David. When the king lived in the house and the Lord had given him rest from all his surrounding enemies, the king said to Nathan the prophet, See now, I dwell in a house of cedar, but the ark of God dwells in a tent. And Nathan said to the king, Go, do all that is in your heart, for the Lord is with you. But the same night, the word of the Lord came to Nathan. Go and tell my servant David, Thus says the Lord, Would you build me a house to dwell in? I have not lived in a house since the day I brought up the people of Israel from Egypt to this day, but I've been moving about in a tent from my dwelling. Two more verses. In all places where I've moved with all the people of Israel, that I speak a word with any of the judges of Israel, whom I commanded to shepherd my people Israel, saying, Why have you not built me a house of cedar? And now therefore, thus you shall say to the servant David, Thus says the Lord of hosts, I took you from the pasture, from following the sheep, that you should be a prince over my people of Israel. And in the story we see David conflicted, He wants to build a house for the Lord. Amen. Just like all of us wants to build a house for the Lord. And his heart is torn in two because he understands that he lives in this house of cedar. Now, cedar was wood that was very valuable in the Bible time. So in in actual fact, it was saying that David was living in this beautiful house. And he's convicted in his heart because he understood that the ark and the presence thereof dwelled in a tent. And he wanted to do something for the Lord. And then Nathan walks onto the scene, amen. And this is what Nathan says. See now, I dwell in the house of cedar, but the ark of God dwells in the tent. And Nathan said to the king, go do all that is in your heart, for the Lord is with you. 
See, Nathan said this to David because to Nathan this seemed reasonable. It seemed reasonable. But Nathan didn't understand that there was something in David's heart. So there's going to be two pieces on this. I want you to hear this this morning. Only after Nathan has spoke, the word says this. It says, but that same night, the word of the Lord came to Nathan. And after the word of the Lord came to Nathan, the instruction to David changed. I want you to catch it this morning. When Nathan spoke to David, firstly, he spoke out of the flesh. He spoke what he thought was good and reasonable. And he said, David, do as you please, not knowing that his heart was twined. Amen. But then it says, but then the word of the Lord came to Nathan. And Nathan instructed something different. We can get to that now. I want to encourage you this morning, guys. I want you to hear my heart on this. When you speak to someone and you give them advice, make sure that the Lord has spoken. We don't give advice as Christians just because we feel it's the right thing to do. When people come to church, they've got real life issues and they need real life answers. A mom walks into church, hasn't seen a son for three years, or he's addicted. Or people have just lost someone. When people come to church, they want real life answers. And we just don't respond like Nathan didn't say, do as your heart please. It says, and then the word came to Nathan. And the instruction changed. And I want to leave this with you this morning. Make sure that the Holy Spirit speaks when you speak. When you speak into your family, when you speak into your children, make sure the Holy Spirit speaks because it might look different than what you initially thought it's going to be. And if we're not obedient to the Word of God, we become frustrated and irritated a year down the line when it doesn't look the way we wanted it to look. Amen. Come on, guys, don't look at me like that. See, Nathan's response to, Davis, to David was presumptuous. It made common sense for him. I said it's of utmost importance that we should always, always test our desires, even if they of the highest and holiest of quality, against the will of God. See, David had a desire to build this temple. And he would have done so if Nathan, Nathan didn't listen to what the Lord said. But then Nathan listened to what God said. And he changed the instruction. And it spoke to David's heart that it was torn in two places. And eventually David ends up gathering the spoils, amen, for the temple Solomon built. I want you to catch this. If David was disobedient, Solomon wouldn't have had built the temple. If David was disobedient, he wouldn't have put together the means as instructed to build the temple. And the Holy Spirit just ministered to my heart, guys, because often at times we've got a certain perspective of how we want things to look in life. Amen? Can I just preach it? We want to build the temple. Amen? But sometimes God sends Nathan after he has heard God's voice. Amen? To say you're not going to build a temple 
you're going to gather the spoils. We said this is going to be a year of mobilization, a year we are formed to function, amen. Let's move. I want to encourage you in this season of your life to be obedient to the word of God, not to the perspective in your mind of what you think God has called you for. David thought he was supposed to build a temple, yet he was only called to put together the spoils so that the temple could be built. And in that way and in this season, God is going to use all of us differently in different places, and I believe it will look different than what you think it's looking like right now. The question is, can you be obedient and respond to the Word of God? Can you be obedient and test your desires, even if they seem holy, against the Word of God? See, we have a responsibility to be obedient to the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. See, God desires that we not only steward our time and our treasure, but also our talents and our skills that God has graciously given to us. Amen. So I'm just going to touch on a bit of stewardship with obedience because there's a certain skill and a talent given to you and you have a responsibility to steward that in your obedience so that you can move in purpose. I want you to hear it this morning. We have a responsibility to steward. See, the potential that God gave us is for the purpose He created us. The potential God gave you was for the purpose God created for you. I want you to hear this. Purpose is reason for existence. There's a reason why we're all unique. There's a reason why we're all different. Someone once said, if Yaku and I can do the same thing, it means one of us are irrelevant. That's why we all look different, I mean. Talk different, laugh different. There's a unique function and unique purpose in your life. Collectively, amen. I'm not talking about I'm not talking about the Great Commission. I want you to hear my heart here. There's something unique for you, like there was something unique for David in a certain time. So that generations could see that God is still God and God is still faithful. And you have a role to play in that, in that obedience. And if we become disobedient to the word of God, we're going to leave this world with problems that should have been solved because we lived. You're going to leave a generation with a problem that should have been solved because God created you. Before them. There's a re- I want you to hear my heart on this, guys. It is now response in obedience where God... Amen. Moves us to function, but we have a responsibility to steward what God has given. Generationally. And if in this season of your life it's only to gather the spoils, then gather the spoils. If it's only for that, then do it. So I really urge you this morning, if it looks different than what you believe it should look, don't sit down. Don't pray a hundred times over it. 
and then another year has passed in your life and you're still not sure where you're going. Amen. Just listen to the Holy Spirit. Be obedient and move and steward what God has placed inside of you. And we will function in purpose. Amen. Your purpose will require your full potential. I'm going to talk on courage quickly and then we're going to close. See what separated ordinary people from extraordinary people. In other words, the one who reached their redemptive potential was what? Courage. Courage. See, Joshua was the successor of Moses. And the Lord spoke to Joshua and he said, I want you to be. Come on, guys. Mm-hmm. Then say, I want you to be more talented than Moses. Hey, Joshua, I now anoint you to be more talented than Moses, and therefore you can now. That's not what the word says. It says, I want you to be strong and courageous. That's what he said. What God has given you is enough. What you have this morning is enough. You don't need another business partner. You don't need additional shares. You don't need another wife. You don't need another nothing. What you have this morning is enough for God to move you into what? I want you to hear me, guys. Because we live in a world where we've become so complacent because everything must be fast. We just want to acquire and acquire. Possible and preached so beautifully about it yesterday. We are so loaded with so many things because we've got this preconceived idea that if I can just have this, then God can move me into what I need to do. If this can just come through in my life, then God will be able to. And God is saying, no, what you have is enough. When God touches the loaves, He feeds thousands. When God touches the oil, it becomes a refinery. The question is, are you willing to bring what you have to Him in obedience? So that he can touch it and multiply it and move you into purpose and move you into destiny. So be obedient to the word of God. Be faithful to steward what has been given to you and be prepared in your heart to bring to God what you have and know that's enough. Know that it is enough, guys. I want you to hear me this morning. Another client is just going to bring you another problem. Amen? It is not the solution. God is the solution. We bring to Him what we have, and when God touches it, it multiplies. Amen? But you have to be strong and courageous. Let's put your hand in your head. Come on. So I am strong, and I'm courageous. And I'm blessed to give and receive. Give and receive. Give and receive. With a measure that this world is not familiar with. For God's glory. When God moves into a situation, 
When God moves into a situation, I want you to hear me this morning. It changes instantly. Instantly. One touch. One touch and it changes. And I'm going to close with that. Matthew 9, 27, 31 says the following. And Jesus passed on from there. Two blind men followed him, crying aloud, Have mercy on us, son of David. When he entered the house, the blind men came to him, and Jesus said to them, Do you believe that I am able to do this? And they said to him, Yes, Lord. Then he touched their eyes, saying, According to your faith, be it done for you. And their eyes were opened, and Jesus sternly warned them, See that no one knows about this. But they went away and spread his fame throughout all the street. Sounds like the church, eh? We just can't keep our mouths quiet. <laughs> the word says, When Jesus passed by, the two blind men were crying out aloud, Jesus, Son of David. God touched them, and they could see. Listen, they had all the reason to be stuck. They had all the reason to be frustrated. But when they heard about this Jesus, son of David, the word says they called out and Jesus touched their eyes. And we are often at times unable to overcome obstacles because we use them as excuses in our lives. We often at times unable to overcome obstacles because we use them as excuses. So instead of shouting, Jesus, son of David, we just remain blind. Because it's easier. And then we use them as excuses to be stuck in a place. And God wanted us to move. And this is the key for the scripture. How you perceive is how you will receive. How you perceive is how you will receive. They perceived and said, Jesus, son of David. And what they spoke activated the giver of life. And God instantly changed their situations. See how you perceive is how you will receive. We cannot get what is right when we see him wrong. We cannot get what is right when we don't see. When we don't see. See the word said, a prophet shall not be known amongst his own family. And when Jesus went back to his hometown, the word says he didn't do, not any, it says he didn't do many miracles there. Do you know why? Because they perceived him to be a carpenter instead of a Christ. They perceived him to be a carpenter instead of a Christ. And he couldn't move with miracles in that town. The way we perceive is the way we receive. 
And I want to challenge you this morning. Can you see him as Jehovah Jireh in your life? Can you see him as the one who brings healing? Can you see him as the only one that holds life in his hands? Because if you can see him in that way, you can receive him in that way. If you can see him in that way, you can receive him in that way. Amen. I should summarize now. (laughs) But I want to tell you this, that we are always in the midst of an opportunity, guys, to train for a trial we are not yet in. Whatever you're going through now, whatever you're going through now, use it as an opportunity for God to shape you and to mold you for what is coming later in your life and also for generations after you. God is faithful. God is faithful. We have a responsibility to respond. Be obedient. Steward what God has given and change the way we think and change the way we see. Because in the same way we perceive is the same way we're going to receive. Amen. We're just going to take up an offering when we close down. And I want you just for a second to, to close your eyes because when I preach about finances, I get excited. Amen. I was at a wedding last night. I made some lucky moves. I won't do them on YouTube now, but (laughs) we can dance, amen, before the Lord. It is a privilege and an honor to serve the King of Kings, man, and you should have joy in your life because it says the joy of your Lord, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Be strong and courageous. You cannot be strong if you don't have joy, guys. You have to know you have to know that the joy of the Lord is your strength. I want to encourage you this morning. Tithing, giving, I'm going to just say it the way it is, was not a system put in place to pay church expenses. The divine purpose of our giving is to honor God. I don't care if you've got seven doctor's degrees. I don't care what you have to say about it. I'll tell you what the word says. It says the local church is the representation of the Old Testament storehouse. God says, bring what you have into the storehouse so that I can rebuke the devourer and open the heavens and pour out a blessing that you cannot contain. Your blessing and my blessing, they're going to look different because our calling is different. Amen. Do you understand that? It's going to look different. But what should look the same is this. Our obedience in responding according to our ability. Because we know that our giving is what honors God. Amen. I'm going to close with this quote. This is what Bill Johnson said. He said, obedience 
is not measured by our ability to obey laws and principles. Obedience is measured by our response to God's voice. Obedience is measured by our response to God's voice. Amen. Amen. We're going to take up an offering and I'm just going to share a last thing with you. Thank you, Andy. Guys, I want to encourage you. The word says God loves a cheerful giver. Whether you're giving one cent or nothing or one rand or ten rand, I don't care. As long as you are cheerful in what you do. Amen. As long as we are cheerful in what we do. before we close I'm just going to just re-announce what Pastor Anzal said this morning we've got Easter weekend coming up Amen we've got a sunrise service at 6 o'clock Friday morning there's going to be some coffee there's going to be some breakfast buns and we're going to have some chairs but if you want to bring your own chair or blanket please do and I want to encourage you and now you can't say you're not going to be obedient because you heard what the word of the Lord said this morning Amen bring someone to church bring someone to church preferably unsaved Amen if you bring someone to church make sure they're unsaved come on guys Make sure they're unsaved. We've got a job to do. Amen. Okay. I'm going to pray for us. I'm going to close with this statement for... I just feel the heart that the Spirit is speaking to me. If you are impatient, impatient, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand if you're impatient. I'll raise mine first. If you're impatient with the process of God, if you're impatient with your wife, if you're impatient with your children, listen to this and then think again before you become impatient. Impatience produces the enemy of your promise. Ishmael. Ishmael. Impatience will produce the enemy of your promise. And if you trust in God for a breakthrough, if you trust in God for a miracle in this season, do not become impatient. Rest at his feet, know that he is faithful, and allow him to move in his perfect timing in your life. Amen. 
Amen. We're going to close our eyes. Holy Spirit, I thank you for the wonderful privilege that we just had this morning as a congregation just to spend some time in your word that is alive inside of us. Father, what a privilege to call you King of Kings. What a privilege just to spend time in your presence where we are renewed, where we are sanctified, where we are set apart, Lord. It is our desire as a church this morning to be obedient to the Word of God. We want to be obedient, Lord, in this season because we want to see you move and we want to see your name glorified. Holy Spirit, I pray that this word will even illuminate in the hearts as we move during this week. And, and Lord, I truly just pray that you will come and stir an expectation in our heart to move when you move, to be bold, Lord, to be strong and to be courageous. We want to declare this morning, Lord, that we know that what we have is enough. And we want to bring it to you so that you can touch it, Lord, and multiply it and make it fit for purpose in this season of our lives. In Jesus' mighty name. Father, I bless every person in here. I thank you, Lord, that your hand of favor is over them. I thank you, Lord, that you will just make your, your face shine upon them, Lord. Be gracious to them in this season. In Jesus' mighty name. Father, we love you. We honor you. And we give you praise because you are worthy of all our praise. And we pray this in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody says, Amen and Amen. For those of you who are still disobedient, Pastor Anzal said we're going to baptize after church. <laughs> so be obedient to the word of God. I want to invite you to have some coffee, spend time with someone, remember the outreach, just to speak to Jock if you want to go to Mozambique and join the team. We're going to baptize people. If you're not in a hurry, please get a coffee, come and join and witness what the Lord is busy doing. Amen. We love you guys. Thank you for being here. Pastor Natasha, thank you once again. It's always a privilege. And uh, be blessed. Go in His favor. Be strong and be courageous. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. If you would like to know more about who we are and what we do, go visit our website on lwpe.co.za. You are formed to function, so let's build.